Welcome to Box Talk, a podcast for affiliates and coaches, powered by Box Pro Magazine. All right, well, welcome to another episode of Box Talk. I am here with a special guest, as yet again, another special guest. I always have special guests. Sir, can you go ahead and introduce yourself, please? My name is TJ Belger, owner of TJ's Gyms. Well done. You got that first question right. I appreciate it. Um, but yeah, TJ, why don't you go ahead and just uh, tell us your story, you know, how you came into the industry, how you came to own TJ's gyms, uh, which I assume are named after you. Um, and yeah, just how you kind of came to be where you are today. All right. Well, I uh, moved out to San Francisco from New Jersey in 1992. I uh, uh, One of the many part-time jobs that I got when moving out here sight unseen. I came out for no reason other than I heard San Francisco was a nice place to be. Oh. So uh, I, I did construction, worked in a bar, uh, was uh, stocking shelves at a, a men's uh, clothing store, whatever I could. One of those jobs was uh, I played college sports and I was looking for a gym. I walked into a gym and it had a help wanted sign on the desk. So from there, um, I uh, became a trainer at a gym. And my first day of work, they handed me a phone book and said, start calling people and find somebody to train. And so <laughs> that's what I did. And uh, I played college soccer. i sorry, college basketball. My wife played college soccer. I played college basketball, college rugby. I was a little bit of a New Jersey meathead. I liked working out in a gym. I liked the whole, uh, the whole thing going on there. And uh, I became um, an independent contractor at this gym where just – Basically, you eat what you kill, that kind of thing, and I uh, I loved it. I fell in love with it so much so that um, I was able to build a big enough business where I could quit a couple of my other part-time jobs. 24-Hour Nautilus, the first iteration of 24-Hour Fitness, bought the gym that I was working at and kicked me out. Wonderful. So they had no more independent contractors, and this is kind of one of those moments where you, when you look back on your life, you're a little surprised that this was a kind of a, a big moment. Uh, but I looked for a place that I could bring my clients and uh, where I could be an independent contractor and just pay rent. And one of that place happened to be the gayest gym in the world, the Gold's Gym in the Castro of San Francisco uh, was where I set up my shop. And um, it turned out that I was the only straight trainer in the gayest gym in the world. Now, why this matters is because in 1993-94, this was during the AIDS epidemic. And uh, a bunch of uh, HIV-positive guys were looking for a trainer that they could train with because there was no cure nor was there any really good medications at that time, uh, treatments for HIV-positive people. They were looking for somebody who wasn't going to show up at their dinner party or at their club or at their, uh, uh, you know, friend's house or someplace like that. They wanted to be able to say, look, I'm HIV positive. I'm looking for a professional that's going to be able to keep this between us. Oh. And um, so I became kind of the guy. And I wasn't going to show up at any of those places, obviously, unless I was invited because that wasn't my social circles. And so um, the second thing that happened was one of these guys was a website developer at a time when the internet, the tech, the high tech world was just starting to take off. So my second claim to fame was I was the first trainer in San Francisco to have a website. Uh, This was years before I even owned a computer. 
so I didn't even, I didn't know what the internet was. I didn't know what it did. I just, this guy was like, I got to do this for you. I said, okay, whatever. Wow. So, so that, and then introduced me into the high tech world that was just taking off. I started training employee number eight at Oracle and, and employee number 10 at Sun Microsystems. And these people who were just kind of moving into the area to get their career started. And, um, uh, that was it around 2000. Uh, I had started a personal training company, had a few trainers who worked for me around the city in San Francisco in the mid to late nineties. My wife and I decided to move up to Marin County, which is the County North of San Francisco across the Golden Gate Bridge, and uh, we bought a home up here, and I opened up a gym in 2002. That was a gym that you've seen a thousand times before, mirrors on the walls, stairmasters, ellipticals, the whole thing, and um, 2005 was when CrossFit showed up, when someone in my life said, have you ever heard of this thing? My cousin does it in Santa Cruz, and I went to this website and read uh, a few of the articles that Greg had published, and I was like, uh-oh, I'm in trouble because I am $200,000 into equipment for a gym, and this guy just told me all I need is a hollow pole in my body, and I completely – the problem was that I completely agreed with what he said. So I started training myself. I went down to see him. I went to San Francisco CrossFit to hover around uh, Kelly and Juliet. And I slowly but surely started to change myself without me really trying. I started, uh, I couldn't help myself. I started pulling my own clients off of the inner outer thigh machine and off of the leg extension machine and the lat pull down and started training them. And more importantly than that, I started really begging them to uh, and influencing them to make change outside of the gym. That's where really kind of, uh, you know, where you make your money. So um, that's when we kind of went all in. About a year after that, that's pretty much what we were doing. I started selling all my equipment on Craigslist. It was like, uh, if you come to buy a treadmill, I'll, three, I'll throw in a free calf raise machine <laughs> uh, just to get the stuff out the door. And we, uh, we've, that's what we've been doing ever since. Many, many iterations since then, many mistakes, many uh, many. Uh, uh, Things that I look back on and say, ooh, that was not my finest moment. But uh, I think like any business, we have learned and grown. And um, yeah, so here we are today. Wow. What a transition. I'll say that. But and, and honestly, TJ, like that's one of the reasons why I want to talk with you is just your the extent with which you've been in the industry and how much you guys have changed and evolved and I would love to just kind of hear you know when, when you first started uh you know following the CrossFit um way of life I guess we could say um to today like how have you gone about about evolving that business you know since bringing in CrossFit and transitioning over to that um you know sort of style like how have you gone about uh growing since then well, you know, since we were an early adopter, um, we went through this uh, whole phase of, uh, let's call it the passion phase, right? We were all passion driven. All we wanted to do was change people's lives. And so our first 60 clients, I would say, maybe 80 clients, literally just paid us um, uh, cash or whatever, whatever they had on them when they would show up to class. 
it was like there's a bucket in the middle of the room, throw some cash in there. Now, as it started to grow, um, I realized what I wasn't, and that was a businessman. Okay, I did not really know the business behind what this thing could be. Uh, I put this question out in, I think, 2006, late 2006, early 2007 to the CrossFit message board, basically saying, I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, what are what are you guys out there doing as, if this is your career, right, if this is actually what you do? Andy Petronic from CrossFit LA responded to me and said, here's my number, give me a call. And I became Andy's first intern. Uh, I went down to CrossFit LA. I lived in the gym for about 16, 17 hours a day, and he showed me how to run a business and all the systems that he put in place. And um, that was uh, what we brought back. We said we were going to put our uh, existing members under contract those existing 60 or 70 members that we had, we figured 10 would say yes. Because why would people sign a contract when they could just throw cash at you whenever they felt like it, right? And um, so we said, okay, is this worth doing? Is this worth it? We, are we ready to lose 80 to 90% of our existing clientele? And as soon as we made the announcement, I sat down individually which, with each one of those folks and said, this is what we're gonna do. We're gonna take a credit card we're going to put you on there. We're going to be in, on a contract here and no more cash. And uh, you can choose between a two, three time a week or uh, unlimited membership. And I basically stood up at that point and opened the door and I said, I understand why you want to leave right now. And 100% of people said yes. And within a month, they all referred someone. It was almost like they were waiting for us to become professional. They couldn't they couldn't refer their boss or their mom or their neighbor to this place that you threw cash in a bucket. Understandable. Yeah. <laughs> and all of a sudden, when we had a credit card machine and we had, uh, you know, a lawyer drawn up contracts, people were like, "Okay, now I can refer this next level of client." And um, things kind of took off. I believe it was in 2008. There was a article in New York Times Magazine. And everything kind of exploded from there. We ended up opening three more gyms uh, in our area. Um, and, um, you know, that's kind of what the big change was for us by professionalizing what we were doing. And that literally has been the quest since since day one um, is to keep becoming more professional. Hmm. So what does that look like now? Like, how are you guys even seeking that and, and going down that path now? Well, you know, look at how far anyone who's listening to this podcast would realize that, you know, four or five years ago, there were no online coaches. There were no there were no kettlebell only gyms. There were no uh, 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 now at the same time. Also, SoulCycle wasn't around. There were no there were no fitness studios, specialty studios with big time money behind them. Um, you basically curves had died and you were left with your, you know, generic kind of, uh, uh, big globo gyms and, uh, yoga was doing its thing and that was about it. And, uh, so we had, have to, we had to, and we have to keep, uh, keeping up with the demands of our customers, what their expectations are. 
And if you look, if you if your deal and you can and you've carved out a niche and you constantly have a growing business in a garage or in a grungy gym or then keep with rusty equipment and people want that, then keep doing it. But, you know, right down the street, somebody's opening up a shiny, nice place where they have showers and, you know, and if, and if you're dead set against that and you can still make a living, great. But if you can't, you can, if you're not making a living, you can't, you know, complain. You can't say, well, where's everybody going, right? They're, they want more and you have to constantly give them more. So um, without obviously selling your soul. So it's now turned into professionalizing coaches and we hear this all over the place now. There are many people making uh, this their business, professionalize the, co the coaching profession, um, uh, stepping up your gear, uh, making your systems uh, be in place as an owner, um, you know, all, all those different things that you you want to do. And, and, and my goal is to create um, a staff of as big as I need where they all get to live a nice, comfortable life doing what their profession is. No different than driving a truck or being a school teacher or, or being a scientist or anything else in our community. They happen to be a coach. And that's my driving force for anybody who wants to do this. I think everybody just has to know that it takes a ton of hard work. Yes, I do think it takes a lot of hard work. And and uh, TG, you said it a couple times. You know the word systems, and you have to have your systems in place. And I'm I just kind of want to pick your brain. What are some systems that you guys have that have helped you know your your gyms find success um, and, and grow to where they are today? Well, you know, getting rid of the bucket in the middle of the room. <laughs> I, I don't know. I think that's my favorite story so far about how an affiliate <laughs> got paid to begin with. That's pretty uh, great. Yeah, yeah, it was a donation only type of situation, and you know, to, just to just to, I'll get back to your original question, but what also this was in the beginning, and it still is so much, and and it's a and it's a good way to to build your business is off of that that concept of community. It's okay, you can build a business around community. Plenty of other businesses do that. Um, it's just that when you make a change to professionalize it. You will have people say, I wish it was the old days. I wish it was just we could do whatever we wanted to. I could bring my kids in here. I could bring my dog in here. And you can't do that anymore, right? It's it's illegal. You know, I have to have, you know, just like I have to have an AED in my gym, right? It would be nice to not have to buy a $2,000, $2,500 AED, but that's just the law, right? So um, in the ways that uh, we professionalize, um, it, it's a constant, uh, challenge of, um, uh, giving, giving things that, uh, your coaches, your, your members, your new members, breaking down people between, you know, what does your 10 year member need systems wise? What does your 10 minute, uh, member need systems wise? Uh, what are you doing with your staff to keep, uh, them engaged? Your your six month coach compared to your 10 year coach. Um, how are you showing them the future and what's more, what are you doing to uh, show your members and your staff that there's going to be more than just this. There's going to be more than this, right? I mean, people are going to wake up just like they did at curves and they're going to say, I can't believe I'm just sitting on this bike in the dark, not going anywhere. Now, 
they're also going to say the same thing to some degree if they're like, I can't believe I'm walking in here and I'm just lifting this barbell anymore because you know what? Five years ago was when I PR'd. That's not really my jam anymore. So what are you doing systems wise to keep that person engaged? And that is a, that, that is a work in progress. It's uh, the difference between having an urban gym compared to a rural gym, the difference between having a clientele base of 20 to 25 year olds compared to 55 to 75 year olds. Um, but if you are providing the X factor, which is a community where they don't, they aren't getting it anywhere else because people aren't going to church as much anymore. I know, you know, not to not to be political or to, to be socially inept here, but people aren't going to book clubs as much. They're not going to the Elks Club. They're not going down to the pub. They're not doing whether those things are dysfunctional or completely functional. They're just not. And they are. And we do have a microchip in our brain where community is incredibly important to us. So uh, two birds with one stone. Create a community where people want to be and change their lives while you're at it. So, um, and who knows? That might be through flexibility or nutrition, or it might be through gossip, or it might be through whatever people are looking for. Um, but keep finding out what it is and keep striving to find out who's doing it the best and copy them. You know, that's basically what works, right? So, uh, there are aspects to lifetime fitness and 24 hour fitness and gold gym and whatever else that we can learn a ton from. And, um, you know, gold's gym, all, you know, gold's gym is losing all of its, um, all of its franchisees because people are like, why would I pay my gold's gym franchise license? What, what cachet does that hold? Well, it holds a lot to people who are 55 to 85, but now they're looking for something different. When they were 20, they were totally into Gold's Gym. 30 years later, maybe not so much. So you have to you have to predict the future. You have to find out what mistakes of other what mistakes did curves make? They didn't change. They wouldn't change. You talk to anybody who owns a curves or who who had owned a curves franchise in the last 20 years, and they were begging the mothership, please, we have to change. Our members are begging us. No, just keep doing what we're doing. It's fine. Boom. Right. So um, with that aspect, it's a constant uh, 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 challenge, uh, just like any other business, to keep finding out from these people, you know, what they're looking for without, you know, if you don't want to have spin by, if you don't want to have airdynes in your gym, that's fine. But if you put out a survey and 80% of the people are like, why don't we have airdynes in the gym? You're probably going to fail, you know, and you know, that's fine. You can train four people. You know, I, I mentor a lot of trainers, right? Trainers and coaches, not necessarily CrossFit, just people who want to be a coach. Right. And I, I say to them all the time, look, you, how much money, let's say a hundred thousand dollars a year in San Francisco is what you have to make in order to live here. Okay, that's just the cost of living. That's basically the way it is. If you want to have a one bedroom apartment and be able to go on vacation and pay for your health insurance and be an independent contractor, you need to make $100,000. You can do that with one client. You can have one client pay you $100,000. Now, go find them. Okay, you might have to travel with them. They might be number two at uh, uh, Microsoft or at Salesforce, 
They might be on the board of something. You might have to literally travel around with them and make their meals and 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 be with them uh, all the time and be in charge of their life as their coach. But you only need one. They'll pay you a hundred grand a year because guess what? They're currently doing it. Okay, there are people out there currently doing it. So you don't have to recreate the wheel. If you want to have a thousand people paying you, so you make a hundred grand a year, you can do that as well. So you just have to find them. Uh, and your, your, your message is super important and, and discovering what it is you want to do. There's this guy, Gary Vaynerchuk that I think most entrepreneurs know of. And like he says, which I say to all my clients all the time, there's always room for the best. It doesn't matter if it's a saturated market. There's always room for the best. So be the best. How do you be the best? Find out what the best are doing in other industries and do that. Okay. Don't recreate the wheel. So, um, so yeah, long meandering answer. <laughs> I told Heather on this, I told her before we started that I talk a lot. So, and I was, I told TJ, I was fully aware of that. And that's actually one of the best people to have on the podcast is the ones who talk a lot. Cause no one wants to hear me ask questions every five minutes. So right. it's a perfect, it's a perfect situation right now. But so, I mean, where can the, uh, how did you start looking at, you know, these different industries and, and analyzing, evaluating and deciding what to bring in and, and what to utilize in your gym in order to propel it towards success? I'm sure some affiliates are like, well, where do I even start with that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so the, the interesting part for me was watching the birth of the CrossFit gym and or functional fitness gym um, with no members. That was always fascinating to me. Right. Somebody said, I have passion. I want to do this. People say I should do it. So, boom, I throw open, a, you know, 500 to 10,000 square feet and I wait for the people to come. And in some places they came and in other places they didn't. OK, I started with one client. OK, like, it didn't matter if I was a barber or if I was a dry cleaner or you got to start with somebody. Right. So um, what I preach to people is, you know, you have to grow, you have to grow your business some way, somehow. Now, this is how I challenge every time I have a new employee who wants to work for me, I say the same thing. And I've said this since day one. I don't have a job for you. I don't have an opening. Now, at the same time, I have people who work for me making over $100,000 a year. Now, how did they get there? All right. So once I train you how to be a coach and I think the CrossFit level one does this better than anyone. Okay. My job is to train you how to be a professional. There are way better people who can train you how to teach a deadlift or how to teach a squat. That is not my jam. Okay. My jam is saying, this is how you behave as a professional, when someone who wants to pay you between 20 and $150 an hour would like you to behave, okay, this is where I, my expertise comes into play. I tell people, if you think you're ready, it's very easy. This is what I did. Now, I had to, I had to do this job so I could pay my rent. I had to do this job so I didn't have to move back to New Jersey. So I was ready to do anything. And I tell people, look, if, if this idiot can do it, anybody can do this, okay? You just have to do it, okay? Now, what doing it means is exactly what I did on the recommendation of one of my clients. You want more business? 
walk into the busiest hair salon in your city, ask for the owner or the busiest stylist that's there, tell them you will train them once a week for free for one recommendation uh, a month, for one referral a month. Do that at three different studios. That's three hours a week of your time training somebody for free. And then you get referrals from them. You will know right away if you're in the right job. If they're giving you referrals, you are, you're in the right career. If they're not, you suck and you need to go do something else or you need to find out how to not suck. Okay. Because that person is like, I'm getting free training and I don't really feel like I want to refer people to this person. Okay. You've got a glitch, right? There's something wrong with you and we can fix it or you should get out and stop wasting your time. But it's very difficult for my new coaches to walk into that hair salon and do that because of all kinds of human reasons. It's not millennials, it's not Gen Xers, it's not the current state of affairs with education, it's not anything, it's just hard to do, okay? So I tell them, okay, if you can't do that, that's fine. B, which would let's just say $100,000 a year, is going to be further away because um, I will refer people to you as I feel comfortable and we will slowly but surely build your business but you can build it yesterday. You can have that money this year. You just gotta get out there and do the hustle and do a great job by those people. Treating those three people that you're training for free as the most important people in your lives. The, what I tell people, my coaches, is that uh, if you're not being invited to weddings, funerals, and baby namings, you're not doing your job right. You don't have to go, but you better be invited to those things. You better be part of their life because that is what I did. And that was how I was able to grow a business. Now, at that point, if you have a thousand members, guess what? You don't get to stop. You have to know when everyone's birthday is. You have to know, or you have to create a staff or systems that you know when everyone's birthday is, or who um, is coming out of chemo, or who's having a baby, or who just got pregnant, or who's got a bulging disc in their back, or who, and if that's not your thing, well, maybe you shouldn't be running a community, right? Be a personal trainer, have 10 or 15 individual clients, do a great job, charge top dollar, you'll do great. You'll do great, you'll make your 100 grand a year, right? Um, but if you wanna want more than that, because you asked me from a gym owner's perspective, how are you creating a community? How are you different than the best community in your community, okay? Where people have to come to your place. Okay. And, um, and you can, some people can do that by being kind of a technical coach on that side of things. Some people like me, I'm like the ringmaster, right? I wear my top hat, top hat. That's like I said, I'm never the best trainer. I am the best ringleader. Okay. That's my strength. Okay. Other people do it by maybe being a, a, a games level athlete that they have people want to follow them because of that notoriety. Great. Take advantage of it. Right. Um, do whatever you have to do that is your strength. Once again, another long-winded answer. No, once again, another great answer, seriously. So, man, it's just a lot for probably the affiliate to think about and to process and be like, well, TJ, so this sounds great, but how do I do it? Right, right, right. So so let's take, a, let's take a, an affiliate. 2,000 square feet, uh, 100 members, they are breaking even. Maybe they're making a little bit of a profit. They've been open a couple few years, so now the, the pouring of people coming in isn't happening. 
Okay, how many businesses succeed selling one product? Not many, okay? So now you have group exercise, okay? That is your one thing. 99% of your revenue comes from that. You have to start figuring out other streams of revenue, right? Once again, don't recreate the wheel. I'm not saying you have to sell your soul and all of a sudden do Zumba classes or do, you know, jazzercise. All I'm saying is that there are, I don't care where you live, there are 10 to 1,000 people who want to pay top dollar for personal training, okay? There's one style. There are uh, 10 to 1,000 kids in your area who want to take kids classes. There are teens, there are uh, baby boomers who are between the age of 60 and, sorry, 55 and uh, 75 who would like a, a, a boomer fit class, okay? There are, um, now, you have 100 people that want nothing more but for you to not go away. How are you resourcing that gold mine? Are you asking them? Are you seriously pretending like you know everything and you don't want them to know that you're 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 looking for more information or that you're you're wanting to expand? Why would you not go? You should I have 3 coffee or beer dates a week with members. Okay? Where I sit down with people, where I reach out to them and I say, "Hey man, I want to sit down with you because I want to talk about my business." Okay? I don't want to sit down and talk about your kids. I don't want to sit down. This is, I tell them right up front, I got some questions for you. I want your opinion on this. And they're typically champions of mine, right? They're, they refer people. They don't want me to go away. And I say, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? And man, sometimes those things smart, right? Sometimes those, 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 those beers and those coffees sting. Sometimes I wish the coffees were beers, right? Because, <laughs> oh, right? But you listen and you go, okay, and I write it all down and I simmer with it and guess what I do? I bring that comment to somebody else and I say, what do you think, okay? And I get their opinion and I, you know, I, I, I have a guy, when I was switching to CrossFit, who was a big mentor of mine who sat me down one day and he said, you know, TJ, you're making a huge mistake. I think you need to open up a private gym for men over the age of 60 where they can come and kind of, uh, you know, shoot the shit with each other and just hang out and kind of work out. And that's the direction you should go in. And I was like, uh, okay, there's one thought. I, I appreciate it, uh, Ron, but I think I'm going to give this a shot, but maybe I'll give that a shot now at the same time. I should have that now. That was, he gave me that comment 12 years ago. I should have that because there isn't really a place for guys that age to do that. I should have a section of my gym or a time or something to put that into play because what he said was, look, there's guys like me who want this and there's no place to go. And I kind of ignored it and instead of saying, yeah, I could make that part of what I do. Instead, I was like, no, that's not what I'm going to do, right? So with that kind of concept in mind, I'm always striving to um, sit down with these folks Get their get their feedback, um, uh, kick it around, let it kind of ruminate. But the most important thing, this is what I preach. I, I do every intro of anyone who's interested in coming to any of my gyms. They have to sit down with me. That is something. Now, is that 
am I able to expand to 10 or 20 gyms with that concept? No, but for now it's what I feel is important where they sit down with me and I tell them what the program is about for a half hour, right? It's called an intro. Lots of gyms do it. Um, but in that intro, I promise that what we deliver that makes us different than other fitness things out in the world is we will provide them with the three things that successful people have. All successful people have uh, a well-defined coach, a well-defined goal, and a well-defined plan. Successful people do not wake up in the morning with their fingers crossed saying, oh, shit, I hope it all works out today. Okay? <laughs> and they don't do random. Successful people don't do random. So guess what I have? A coach. Okay? I have a coach, Jason, with Two Brain Business. That's Chris Cooper's company where at the end of the day, when I've really done my work, when I feel like I have information, I go to Jason and I say, what do you think? And I am, I, I better have my shit together because, you know, it's like showing up to the gym to meet your personal trainer and you're hungover and you didn't sleep and whatever else, right? They're not going to take much mercy on you. They're still going to beat you up and it's just going to be horrible. And if I go to Jason unprepared, he is going to pull my pants down in front of everybody and just completely make me feel like an ass. So I have to go to him and be prepared. But the, the, the concept is that I do have a coach. Okay. I have somebody who's telling me this is what successful people have done in the past who are just like you. Maybe you should do the same thing. Okay. And it's very hard to be at the peak. It's very hard to be at the top and be making all the decisions as far as what the cleaning supplies should be through whether or not you're going to upgrade from stall mats to roll out flooring to what your credit card uh, rates are going to be when you get uh, you know charged to whether or not you're going to have health insurance for your employees. That's hard. That is hard stuff to do. And if you're doing it by yourself, it's not going to work. It's not. You need somebody else saying, hey. Uh, here's a different way to look at the apple. Okay. And that's what I find incredibly. And in, in, in what it's, I have done it almost my entire career. Um, and, uh, uh, I'm experiencing incredible success with my coach now. Um, because, and guess what? He's super expensive. I invest money and I, you know, because I need to do this. You know, I have a note on my desk I'm staring at right now. We have a request for more dragging sleds. Okay. You know, I'll, I'll figure out if that's something worthwhile to put into play or uh, I spend more money so that I can provide whatever it might be, child care or health insurance for my employees or something else. Right. But everything gets thought about. Everything gets batted around. But, man, I am not doing this on my own, not doing it on my own. So. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of the uh, my concept. Yeah, and I think I love that you brought up the the idea of mentorship because I think that that can get really brushed under the rug and and not thought about that like a coach needs a coach in order to perform and and reach their goal just like you said. So, you know, I think that's awesome. Um so TJ, I'm just kind of curious, you know, we've talked a lot about a lot of different things and and you had mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, you know, that you've made a lot of mistakes and I feel like affiliates could really learn from maybe some of your biggest mistakes if you wouldn't mind sharing them and just being like, hey, these are some obstacles that I came across and we overcame. This is what we learned from it and took away. So I didn't know if maybe you had like one, two, maybe three, like these were things that I'm not happy about that happened, but now we're going off and it's looking great now. Probably, let's see, if I think back to one of the biggest ones, 
I would say um, not being able to define earlier what um, the potential for working here would be. Um, meaning, and, and that's tough. It's tough to do that when you're just getting started and you have somebody who comes in. And if you're able to do that, guess what? You're able to retain your staff longer, right? So people leave or you say, ah, um, oh, this is what it's going to be. And then you end up changing what it's going to be. And they're like, wait, I thought it was going to be this. And, oh, man, you're changing it. But you didn't even t tell me you were going to change it. And you changed it because you're the boss and you feel like it was the right decision. So not really painting a clear picture of what your goal, what my goals are as the owner, what my goals are as the CEO of this company, what I'm striving to do um, earlier. That was a big mistake because then a lot of people – you know, good and bad staff members in the past left in if they if they only knew what was available to them now, 10 years, 12 years later, maybe they would still be around doing great. Um, so that was one. That's one big mistake. Um, definitely um, throwing the baby out with the bathwater was a big mistake for me. So uh, going back in the past, thinking about uh, to what I talked about earlier, which was I um was a personal trainer. I had a personal training gym and some memberships. And when CrossFit showed up, um, I uh, I stopped. We stopped doing personal training. Uh, okay. We thought, oh, this is what people want. They want um, they want person. They want they want group exercise class. Nobody's going to want personal training anymore. Um, and um, that was a screw up. Right, I could have maintained that whole thing. I started throwing my own personal training clients into classes, and they were like, "Oh, okay," uh, you know, and rushing the process and just just all this stuff that um, is unfortunate. It's unfortunate. I look back on it, and I'm like, "Dang it!" You know, if somebody was guiding me along at that time, they would have been, "Whoa, whoa, 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 whoa!" You're making one, you know, eighty percent of your revenue from personal training and then that thing went and became like 70% group exercise and 30% personal training. Let's hold on to that personal training, you know? And, um, so yeah, I wish I was, would have been able to forecast that. I wish I got a lawyer earlier. I wish I, meaning that, uh, contracts and, uh, a, a real estate, uh, lawyer to look, really tell me what was going on and not, you know, a lot of times new folks are just looking for space. And you, what they do is they get, you know, a guy who has a space, you know, a landlord, that landlord has a lawyer that they hand them that and you do a little negotiating, but you don't really read into the possibilities. You don't, you need your own advocate. And so, and you know, look, lawyers are expensive. Running a business is expensive and you're excited about that rogue order and you're like, ugh, I don't want to drop five grand on a lawyer when I could be buying, you know, a rig or something like that. Well, you know, probably the most important thing in your life is your lawyer. So, um, so yeah, those are the things that I would go back on and say, yeesh, I wish I did that a little differently. Yeah, no, for sure. Well, I, I'm personally, I'm still laughing about the metaphor, the, the baby in the bathwater. I've actually never heard that one before. So yeah, yeah that was interesting. What, it's what a lot of people do. Like maybe they're a, maybe they're a, you know, like I said, I, I joke, but I'm trying to think of something different. Maybe they're a Zumba instructor and they have a successful uh, following, and but they're passionate about CrossFit. So they just leave the Zumba business behind. Why would you do that? 
why, you know, why, you know, um, um, uh, CrossFit Trident, um, God, I'm blanking on their names, Chris and, Chris and Andrea uh, and Andrea, right? Coffee, they have a coffee shop. They didn't get rid of the coffee shop when they opened the gym, right? I mean, Chris didn't leave his job completely in the military when they opened their gym. They were like, okay, this is something we're going to just kind of dip our toe in. We're going to keep our regular stuff going on, and we're going to slowly but surely see how it goes. And what happened? They, end up, they ended up keeping it all. How great is that? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, I mean, Andrea loves making coffee. Like, I don't think she could ever get rid of it. So. Right, and, mm-hmm. and they created a community there right in the coffee shop you know so it's you know there's many ways to do this maybe you move the coffee shop into the gym i don't know you know there's so many ways to to to, to keep yourself together instead of you know the e-myth revisited is such a great book in so many ways of just listening to the the parable that they tell in that in that story all the metaphors that they have in there where you read it you're like oh shit that was me oh that was me too oh that was me too yeah, no, for sure. Well, I think some people, though, might just hear this and be like, well, but I've always been told that I should dive in head first and get all I got. And if I leave like a back door open, then I might escape. Do you understand what I'm saying? Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's, you know, <laughs> go back to one of the Gary Vee-isms. The market doesn't give a shit. The market's the market, right? And you're like, you're, you're when people have these concepts, they're they talk in like fairy tale speak. They talk in like, you know, dragons and and, and, and gnomes and stuff like that. You know, it's the market will tell you what's going to happen. You don't you don't have a choice, you know. So you better get yourself together. You know, when I made this switch, I had two little kids, owned a house. Um, you know, we were looking at moving into a different house. It was, the housing market crashed in two thousand eight. Now I have two houses. Holy crap! Right? You know, and um. Uh, you gotta, you gotta factor all that stuff in. I mean, I bought my first new car at 47, right? I mean, I, I paid off my student loans at 46. Like those things, there's things you have to sacrifice, but you can be so smart about it. You know, you can be, you know, you can look and be coached and have people say, whoa, 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 big guy. Let's just take a look at this for a second. I know you're hot and heavy for it, but don't go running into a wall. And man, I've run into a lot of walls. I've run into so many blind, you know, blindly been, pa- you know, I'm a big passion guy. And my passion has run me off a cliff a number of times. And now I take my passion and I get so excited and I create business models and I do spreadsheets. I do all this stuff. And then I hand it to my coach and I say, what do you think? And sometimes that coach says, throw it away, mm. hit delete. And then they tell me why. And I'm like, well, you just hurt my feelings. I don't like that. I don't like having my feelings hurt. And he says, I don't care. Right? <laughs> it's just like you working out. These sit-ups are hurting my abs. I don't like that. I'm uncomfortable with you hurting my abs. And your coach says, I don't care. It's like, that's right? not what you pay me for. I don't, you don't pay exactly. me to be nice. Exactly right. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. So how would you, maybe what would you suggest when it comes to finding a coach for affiliates? You know, maybe... Do you have any advice when it comes to that realm and, and how they can find someone to, to help them in their own business journey? I Two things. I, I would never tell anyone they can't be a coach, but um, I've had situations where uh, a person, maybe it's their personality, maybe it's their social, the way they are socially, maybe it's 
the way they come up with all these different things that I know, ooh, putting them in front of a class or handing them a personal training client or whatever, they're, they're, they're not ready. And I could coach them up and I could do all this stuff, but I don't know if they have the stick-to-itiveness uh, that it takes to do this job. So I tell them this. I say, okay, here's the deal. Here's what I need to see. You need to invest $200 in some personal training liability insurance. You then need to train people. I mean, literally, that's all you need to be a personal trainer. You don't have to have a degree in kinesiology. You don't have to pass the CrossFit level one. You don't have to have an NASM. You don't need anything. You don't even need insurance, okay? But you're an idiot not to have it because it's $200 a year, and if something bad happens, people won't take your shit, okay? So to make sure that doesn't happen, you get personal liability insurance at personaltrainer.com, literally, you pay your 200 bucks, now you're ready to train people. You come to the gym and you start training people. I don't care if it's your mom, I don't care if they're paying you, I don't care if they're not, I want you to start training people so I can see what it is that you're doing, hmm. okay? I'm not gonna let you drive my car. You drive your own car and I'll let you watch you, I'll, I'll watch you drive your car, okay? And let me see if you're into this. Let me see if you can go from one client once a week to five clients 10 times a week. Um, let me see what you're what you're made of. Let me see how much you really want to do this. Okay. Now, at the same time, you ask me, how do you find people? Right. I say this to my coaches who want to build their business all the time. Nobody's going to buy anything if they don't know it's for sale. So you want coaches? Have you told a thousand people? online and in person, on social media, everywhere and anywhere, did you tell the coffee gal this morning or the coffee guy that you're looking for a coach at the gym? Did you tell everybody? Have you told a thousand people? You tell a thousand people you need a coach, you're going to find one. You sit there going, man, I wish I didn't have to teach all the classes. I wish a coach would walk through my door. That is not going to happen. Okay. So tell everybody, what are you worried about? I find that in most situations, gym owners do not want to come across as uh, weak. They do not want to come across as that they need things. They don't want to come across as they're like, I got it. I'm stoic. I got everything under control. I know what I'm doing. Why would you do that? Why? I mean, I do. I am very fortunate to sit down with and I reach out and I do this with CEOs and with CFOs and with entrepreneurs and with people, retired folks and you name it, very successful people. And I ask them, what, what, do you, what do you do? How do you do this? What do you do? And they tell me the same thing, right? What are you doing? You can't do it by yourself. You can't do it. You got to get somebody, right? I have this incredible business manager named Jessica. Jessica came to us eight years ago or whatever as a member. And then, and then as a member, she became a coach and she was on our affiliate team. And then from there, she, um, she, and she was managing a bank. That was her job. And then eventually she came to us and she said, look, I want to run your show. I want to be your business manager. I got to make a leap from the bank to here. And I can't afford to take a huge financial hit. And we were like, Okay, what are you looking for? She told us, and we were like, oh, my God, you got to be kidding me. Whoa, how can we afford what? Best decision we ever made. Best decision we ever made, right? We brought a professional over to what we're doing, and she is running our systems and running our show, putting things in place. I've never managed a bank. 
I've never put a suit and tie on. I've never worn, you know, I get to go to work every day in short pants. I shave once a week and I don't even have to tie my shoes, right? I mean, it's the best job ever, but I have huge holes in my game when it comes to running an organization. So I surround myself with people who, you know, do, do, I don't know, do, do most gym owners factor in how much overtime is when your folks go over 40 hours? Probably not. Do, do, do most people have their um, reseller's license for selling T-shirts? Probably not. Like, do most people know what the tax implications are of offering health insurance? Probably not. And these are things that I didn't know either, and that's okay. I had to have people coach me up in those areas. So surrounding yourself with those pros, and guess what? A lot of people will give you this stuff for free. Uh, if you're successful, you'll then move into the stage of you just can't pull it off. They all give you great advice, but you, you, you can't. You can't negotiate your own lease and you know do these high-level things that high-level companies do. And if you're a passion guy and you have another job or you don't need to make income doing this, then run a clubhouse. Knock yourself out. You know That's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But not reaching out for help is crazy. Yeah, no, that that's some good words, and hopefully that's that's an action that you take affiliates that you know you, you start looking for that coach today if you don't have one and start asking around and like TG said, ask ask everyone because you might know you might know someone that would be make a great coach and you just have never asked. So no, for sure. Um, and, and TJ, probably just one of my last questions. You know, what maybe um, if you could tell affiliates like one thing, one piece of advice to encourage them in this business journey as you have been encouraged, as you have grown. What what would that piece or maybe I I'll, I can give you three pieces if you want. But uh, what would those pieces of advice be to the affiliate? Um, get a coach. Obviously, that's kind of been the whole, the, definitely the point of the whole thing. Um, do, um, I, do whatever, whatever different revenue stream or whatever different thing you decide to do, you got to do it. I was the kids coach when we decided, and I hated it. It's just not my thing, but I taught all the kids classes so I could figure out how to do it. Mm -hmm. If you decide that you are going to teach a boot camp style class, you have to teach it first. You have to do all the stuff as the owner first. You can't just say, oh, I'm going to hire this boot camp woman to come in and teach the boot camp. And you walk in one day and you're like, oh my God, what the hell are they doing? Okay. You have to kind of set it up. And then the last ones, uh, which is just, it's, it's, it's something that's been said in every business, not, not just a, the gym business stuff that's out there, um, that you see these seminars for, or these, or, or, or these different things on how to run your business, but you do have to set your business up like you're going to sell it. Yeah. You have to have the systems, you have to have everything in place. So if I have, for example, a coach um, you know, we recently put our employee manual on video format. So everything is in video because people learn differently. They can access it easier. Um, you know, they are, um, um, doing, you gotta, you gotta do things differently to make it easier for people 
people to learn. And for us to build our business, um, which we'll never do, we're not interested at all in selling. We're interested in expanding. I want to buy gyms. I want to take my systems. I think I can do a good job in other communities and, and actually save people and get them out of the situation that they're in. A lot of people are staying because they love their community and they're dying because they just they don't have it anymore. I want to go in and, 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 and maybe partner with people and, and grow that whole thing. But um, making sure it's set up so that when a coach goes from gym A to gym D and they've never been there before, that they click on this link and they watch it and it shows them how to unlock the door. It shows them how to turn on the computer. It shows them where the whiteboard is or where the, where the AED is and how everything works in case a drop-in walks in, right? And they're like, I've never been to this gym before. I've been working at TJ's gym for two years. I've just never coached a class here. And I can handle everything that happens just from watching this three or four minute video. Um, so get those systems in place like you're gonna sell your business. So that would be the third one. Hmm. Oh, that's awesome. That's a great way to look at it too. Even if, even if you feel like you're not actually gonna sell it, like TJ said, just a great mindset to have it in. So. Goodness, I think we need to wrap it up because you're going to make people's heads explode with all the knowledge that you have been imparting, TJ. So seriously, thank you so much for being on the show today. Like, it's been awesome just picking your brain and just hearing about where your business has come from and grown and even where it's going. Um, But yeah, thank you so much for just taking the time to talk and share. I love it. Awesome, Heather. Thank you so much. And anybody who ever wants to reach out to me, I do not have a consulting business that I'm selling. I just am really passionate about helping people not step in some of these holes that I have. So I'm happy to talk to anybody, guide them in the right direction, get them a coach. It's not what I do, um, but I'm uh, happy to talk to anybody. So TJ at TJsGym.com is my email if anybody ever wants to talk. Yeah, and um, definitely I'll put that up on our website for you guys. Uh, so you can click on that link, email TJ, and be like, yo, let me pick your brain. And he'll be like, sure, because he loves, he loves to chat, and he has great stuff to say. So, um, But, yeah, seriously, thank you so much. And it, it's great to have somebody in the industry so passionate about you know helping other people um, thrive and succeed. Awesome. Thank you so much, Heather. I really appreciate it.